0: And ride with me in my foul life. So what's with this stash, St. John? Is this, uh, did you watch uh, I'm Your Huckleberry Tombstone movie lately or what?
1: <laughs> no, I, it's kind of a stupid thing, actually. You know, most people coming out of the military grow a little bit of facial hair. And, uh, you know, I I grew it just for duck season. I don't know if I remember telling you when I retired, you know, it was uh, about the last week of August, I went on 60 days vacation, terminal leave in the military where I had, you know, saved up vacation. And so, um, I basically was in a position where I started up in Saskatchewan and I came South with the ducks and I hunted all the way till January 31st. You know, I I lived, I lived the Chad Belding life, but you know, not have, not having the pressure of, you know, having to produce a show and all of those things. And so I, you know, I was just planning on growing facial hair then. And, And then I was going to shave it afterwards, you know, when I got into, you know, whatever my professional career was going to be. So anyways, I was getting ready to shave it. And, you know, my daughter had just hated my beard and mustache the whole time. And at the time, I guess she would have been six years old. And uh, so I told her, I said, well, I'm shaving it. You know, her nickname's Bird. I said, Bird, I'm shaving my mustache and beard. And she was like, Dad, you can't. And I'm like, well, why not? And she wouldn't tell me. And eventually I was like, I'm going to shave it. And she says, well, she'd taken all her money out and she'd bought me a beard comb and some beard salve at like a farmer's market and for Father's Day. So it's like February and she's already buying my June Father's Day present that's perfect. So I was kind of hamstrung. And then, uh, so I started playing with the mustache a little bit. And then I did a couple of YouTube videos and everyone just hammers it, right? They just like, you know, basically, you know, like a couple of them are, you know, like one was, you know, that guy looks like he eats a bowl of dicks for breakfast, you know? And I was, and I was like, you know, for me, i initially, I was like, you know, not for breakfast. That's the most important meal of the day, you know, maybe brunch or a light afternoon snack. I mean, they're just empty calories, you know, you know maybe a bloody Mary or mimosa with them. I don't know, but not breakfast, you know, not breakfast. No. heck, Yeah. No. And so it became a thing at work where when we'd post videos, you know, doing some SIG product stuff. um, We wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it. And the guys, and you know, the guys I work with wouldn't watch it. We'd find time when I made it up to New Hampshire and we would just read through the comments and them just, you know, brutally freaking tearing me up. Well, fuck at that time, you can't let them win. Right. (laughs) So I'm I'm kind of stuck with it, you know? Like you know like it, eventually it's got to probably go, but it, the the ego and the pride of not giving in to a bunch of freaking online warriors makes you freaking hold on to it because I the keyboard like I said, mu-
0: the keyboard muscle did not make you shave. I love it. It's like if they only knew who they were talking to. That just shows you right there that keyboard muscle is evident everywhere. If they're going to mess with a sniper with your accomplishments or your accreditation, like they'll do it to anybody, St. John Oh yeah, dude. There, but you
1: know, I embrace it. You know, you, you, shit, you know, I, I, I'm like you, I I run around with really good friends and I've got thick skin and I'm in the duck blind or that, that duck blind cultures in the military when it's just, you know, you and the guys or you and who you're hunting with. And, you know, there's no quarter given you screw up. And it's, it's just been like that my whole life. Hell, my family's like that, right? You, you better be quick to the, the, to to the wit or you're, you're going to, You'll get brutalized, you know. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's hard. Why
1: why give in, right? Just, just embrace it.
0: It's hard. My friends have called me that a lot
1: worse than a guy that looks like he eats a bag of dicks, you know. Yeah, and
0: I, I I think that I think that you've heard that so many times in the military or in the duck blind and with your buddies that nothing can phase you. It's almost like here's what really gets me though is like the, the. I, I put on this. I put this video up of a recipe. Okay, I was just doing something different with Mallard Duck. That's it. I wasn't on that. I didn't go, hey, everybody, I want you to know that I am the best duck hunter in the world. None of you could touch me on a duck call, single read or double read. I am a five-star Michelin star chef, and this recipe is the best duck you'll ever eat. By the way, my name's Chad, and none of you compare to me in any of this. I never go about life like that. I don't do yeah. that, but I put it out there just to simpli- simply show that you can do different things with duck. And I tried an Asian sesame recipe that I made up in my head and I wouldn't, I mean, 400 comments. I think it's up to 750,000 views right now. Every comment was negative except maybe four of them. And I'm not talking a little negative. I'm talking like, Oh yeah. Give up hunting. You're an asshole (laughs) for not cutting the legs (laughs) off of that duck. Why is the skin not on that breast? I'm like, dude, we'll kill 80 ducks in a day i can't we eat them the way that we want you don't know how much fat i'm keeping and rendering you don't know if i took those legs off later on and put them in a gumbo roux. why are you jumping to conclusions and then they're like that looks like shit if you have to cook a duck that much then i don't want to eat i'm like well did you at least try the recipe before you belittle (laughs) it i mean did you even just or did you just get on your mom's keyboard in the basement and just throw down you know
1: no it's 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 the it's really the new version of road rage. And what I mean by that is I've always laughed at road rage because you see people losing their damn mind and just like hitting the steering wheel, double birds, throwing fists and just getting so angry. And I'm like, you know, if, if there wasn't two 5,000 pound vehicles in between what's going on, you'd be a lot more fucking civil. You're not going to say that to someone's face. Right. And so you know, it's it's that same false bravado you see in a bar when you know when the bouncers are in between. It people get a hell of a lot tougher, yeah. you know. And so now there's no no identity, no face, and you know, I, you know it's kind of funny because this will lead into what I've said recently to folks about you know gun control advocates and you know other other aspects of people wanting to control your life is. Miserable people are just going to be miserable. Yep. And those people on the other end of that keyboard and those people that are advocating for you to lose your gun rights because they know better than you or whatever aspect of your life it is that they think they should control more than you. They're just fucking miserable people. And if they get their way, they'll just find something else to be miserable about and they'll just make your life miserable. So, You know, when you think about those people, why give two shits about them? And you know what, go on about your life. And you know, I'm not saying that people don't have a right to their opinion, but to have such a negative output and and, and what that contribution is to the engagement or in the greater whole society is it's just not in my life and I don't want it in my life. So I don't want to give up anything about gun rights or personal rights or speech rights or rights to assemble or sensitivity considerations, because you know what? F that, because they're just going to continue to take, take, take and erode, erode personal identity and personal choice. And so why advocate for even a little concession? Because it's not going to satiate them. They won't be satisfied
0: yeah it's like you think about like I was thinking about this the other day when i was I was having an exact conversation that we're having right now about haters, and it was about one of our brands and i and I asked myself, am I raising my daughter the right way not to be one of these people when she grows up, and I started going through the tasks that I try to implement about happiness and self satisfaction and self self value and self worth and leadership and selfless selflessness and giving back and mentorship you know what i mean it's like i am trying to show her that life is up ups and downs with all of this stuff whether it's failures successes um roadblocks you I, I i'm she's twelve- she's about to turn twelve jason i'm i'm like how can i get her ready for the inevitable that she's gonna face <clears throat> whether it's a bully or whether it's road rage or whether it's a broken heart. And I'm sure you're the same way that you want the best for your kids. But I'm I'm sitting here going, do I tell her stories about me and all of my failures? Do I make it about me and how I got cut from this team? And I failed in this business and I lost this duck calling championship when I really thought I was going to win it. And I, I don't want to make it about me, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to find that silver lining of showing her that, Life is not always roses. You're going to have to put up with this stuff. And if you, if you approach it the right way, you can keep a positive or a right mental attitude, an RMA as a lot of us call it, that you don't have to get negative or pessimistic about anybody else. You don't have to be jealous or envious of everybody else. There are some things in life that are going to make you think and turn your head and be like, oh, I wish I had that. But I'm trying to teach her like, be happy with what you have. You don't know what other people are going through. You could have all the money in the world. They could have just as many problems. They could be living in a very dark spot. Don't judge everybody's livelihood or their life by social media. I'm trying to teach her that. I don't even let her on social media. She wants a TikTok account. I said, absolutely not. You're not getting an Instagram account at this age. But how do you go about that? Because you have seen the worst in people. Do you you put extra pressure on yourself to make sure that your kids and your, I know you have daughters also, are never in that position to to be a hater like that or to be hated upon like that
1: yeah i think you know backing up a little bit is at least for me and my experience i it was easy for me to see that life was really more disappointment than it was success and how do you find you know the happiness in life from you know simple elements in those aspects, because you know I think your life and my life were probably a hell of a lot simpler when we were kids, and then also you know my parents struggled my my aunt's uncle's uh, families my my friends' families we struggled right there was you know there wasn't a lot of affluence in in my circle um but on the same standpoint. I I didn't have anything but a wonderful childhood, right? I I found my adventures. I, I wouldn't change a damn thing about it. In fact, I wish my daughter's childhood was a lot more like mine in the aspect of, you know, society being safe enough to let your kid go out until the streetlight comes on or living in a small enough town where that's feasible. And hey, you know, hey, I'm going to be out and about, you know, and um, but yeah, there's those challenges, I think, when you you know I, I i for lack of better terms i think my parents would have said you had it better than i did so quit your bitching and i would tell my daughter that she has no idea how good she has it right i mean it's right. trying to stay grounded i mean there's my daughter could could i'm not saying could have whatever she wants but you know compared to where i was she's she's living that affluent lifestyle in the aspect that she doesn't really want for anything but i got to try to make sure that i keep that you know, in my forefront to make sure that I'm not just giving to give. You know, I I've if I use my personal experience again, I see kids I grew up with that had parents that gave them everything. They seem to struggle a lot harder and later on in life. And it took them longer to get to the point of realizing that really life is more disappointment than happiness or success, I should say, not happiness, but you can have happiness in all of that disappointment, right? You have to have that resiliency. And I think the military teaches you know i teaches you that i think growing up with a foundation and you know parents that keep you grounded enables you to have that resiliency right you know um but yeah that is the challenge i'm like you i, I don't have my daughter doesn't have any social media accounts um i caught her on TikTok just a couple of weeks ago looked at her usage and was like that was the end of that because that's a complete drain um you know when i look at TikTok personally, shit, I've seen in the last six months that our friends, like on our group chats, we we don't discuss, hey, how was your day? We just send, t- they just send TikToks back and forth, you know, and it's like, check out this funny video, you know, and, and rather than express themselves. And I, and I get it because, you know, I spent, you know, a couple months on TikTok and it was a complete drain on my life. I'd find 10 minutes down, it would turn into 25, 30 minutes of just sticking on it and you know, the level of which it grabs your attention and it's quick hit and it's, you know, like a sugar high, you know, it's very addicting in that aspect, but, uh, I, I think it's completely non-productive, um, you know, and, and then whatever's feeding that monster has got to be completely ridiculously unproductive. You know, you watch people, I, d- I just went up to the Ohio state, uh, Iowa football game where we, we got, I am an Iowa fan. My wife's an Ohio state fan. So, g- you know, good and bad, good for her, um, <laughs> but walking around campus, I didn't see a kid walking around that didn't have their face in the phone. And I didn't see, but probably 20% of the people filming themselves doing TikTok videos, right? It was like that you're so self-involved that you don't take the moment in time to see the world around you. And that's just got to be so toxic. And it's kind of scary to think where, where that ends up in 30, 40, 50 years when that's the
0: generation that's running everything. Right. Yeah. And I've, I, I, I've never been on it, but I have seen the Instagram reels. And I always ask myself, like, they're, they're like turning the phone on them to do this dance craze. And it's almost like, why? It's like, well, you need to quit taking yourself so serious, Chad. And I'm like, no, that's like, there's more to life than ha- seeing yourself do these dances. And I... And, I don't know what's right anymore, Jace. I don't know if we're supposed to do it. I don't know if it's customary now. I don't like it. I don't have any personal social media. I would not be on it at all if we didn't have to grow our brands. I can't be ignorant to the marketing effect that it has because a lot of people are getting their content that way um, as far as advertising and, and, and commercial spend goes. But man, I've seen moms on there with their eight-year, 10-year-old kids exploiting them, in my opinion, with these oh, dance yeah. moves that I'm like, why would you waste? The- Go out. And take that kid to the park and fly a kite or go play catch or go fishing. I've I still to this day have yet to figure out why people, and I know people are going to say that I'm an asshole for saying this, but I don't care that a country music musician went on a honeymoon. I don't care that their kids took their first step. I don't care that they got married. I don't, and what really bugs me is when they go on and say, happy anniversary, honey, I love you. And they put a picture of them on their wedding day. And I'm like, do you, is that what it's come? Like Waylon Jennings would never do that. That like my heroes in country music never had the chance. I don't know if they would, if they had the chance, but why can't anything be held or deemed sacred anymore? Why can't that just be a moment between you and your wife without, because all that comes about from putting it on that platform, in my opinion, is a bunch of strangers saying oh my gosh congratulations we're so happy for you guys where is that really getting us in life are you trying to sell a record because you got married or are you so needy of attention that you want the whole world to know how much you love this woman that's not how it's supposed to be in my opinion
1: no and i i you know i like my wife so i don't have any social media at all my friends obviously make fun of me and it's just it's basically for the same reason that you're saying right there is is you know now, I share obviously pictures, videos with my family on group chats and things like that. But, you know, I love my wife's approach to Facebook. You know, she'll she's on Facebook. And um if anyone contacts her to be a friend, she's like, hey, if if you have if you don't have my phone number and you haven't talked to me in the last six months, no. You know, so it's like she she's not searching for I've got X number of Facebook friends, you know. She's literally using it in that aspect. And and I and I do like it, you know, that. My friends, you know, will reach out through Facebook and they'll post their pictures of like fishing with their father, you know, and things like that. And I, and I, and I do appreciate that aspect of it. The flip side of it is, is, you know, when you were a kid, you know, if someone spent all damn day in the mirror you know, it was like, that's a narcissist and get over yourself. And it wasn't lauded. It was like Jesus crime. And he's dude, like, get out of the mirror, quit looking at yourself. And all this social media is all about you. It is, it's all about attention that the individual that's posting pictures of his honeymoon or saying, you know, happy anniversary. It's either realistically, it's, it's, it's a little bit of, well, it's a lot of vanity, right? It's a lot of bragging about it, but it's also probably looking for that self-affirmation of look how good of a person I am. I'm such a good man. I, you know, everyone needs to know how good of a person I am, you know? And so um, it's, you know, that's that public face. It's, it's not the, the real private you or who you are as a person. So, you know, instead of living some fake ass fantasy online life, you know, the people left and right that are important in your circle and my circle, they get to experience all of who I am. And those are the people that I want to experience who I am for the good and the bad, right? For all the positives that I bring and, and you know, the negative aspects of who I am. They're going to forgive me. They're going to accept me for who I am. That's only the people that I want in my life. You know, I, I don't need some tertiary on the edge, friend of a friend of a friend's cousin to give me three hearts up because you know, happy anniversary. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's fucking pointless. Pointless and fake and not unauthentic. It takes the validity and authenticity out of a moment. In my opinion, I, I, I don't know if it's me being hardheaded, but I see several celebrities put their mom on there. happy birthday, mom. And I'm like, I don't give a shit that it's your mom's birthday. That's you and your mom's sacred time. That's nobody. Nobody should know that it's your mom's birthday. I'm sorry. Like, that, that, that should be, there's got to be some things that we hold authentic still and hold sacred to our hearts still. And I think that social media has let us get this mindset that it's okay to put all of our laundry out there because somebody's going to listen. There you are. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I,
1: can you hear me? I, yeah, I'm I got sorry to get this you fr- interrupted here, but no, uh, you
0: froze up on that, but you All you're good.
1: of a sudden my internet. Yeah, you froze there for a second. Okay, apologize. Yeah, I, you know, just like I said, you know, I don't I don't want to sound like a guy who wants to live in a back cabin up in the mountains where nobody can get a hold of me. But, you know, I surround people with the people I surround myself for a reason. And I get rid of people within that circle that aren't there for that reason. You know, we, we we talked about that last time, you know, ghosting and all that. Like, no, I don't ghost people. You don't ghost people. I just tell them, hey, I don't want you in my life because of this. And then that's the end of it you know and and uh you know I think that's I think that's the right way to live life i I don't know why you would want to invite a thousand ten thousand a hundred seven hundred thousand strangers into your life that, that have no impact other. And like you said, go back the other way. If I invite 700,000 people in my life, the level of negativity that's going to come in from those people that are faceless, voiceless, and, 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 and have the ability to just criticize for no reason. You know, why would I invite the totality of all of their wrath on whether they agree with my life or don't agree with my life? I think
0: it's just stupid. And then you put your mom in there, your kids in there, and now those people are commenting on them and you've opened up an entire, I don't know. I, I just, I don't have any problem if you share some stuff about your family on there, but I don't want to take everything that's sacred to me and put it out there. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, it was my birthday the other day. And one of my employees put, let's wish the man himself happy birthday. And I'm like, no, I don't need all them people in the downline wishing me happy birthday. I Just you're, you're my friend. You text me or call me or better yet bake me a cake or make me a steak and tell me happy birthday. You know, like I don't need all these strangers and, 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 and I hope that they don't give a shit that it's my birthday either. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. care about that. It's that's my time with my family and it, and we don't need to be told happy birthday by a bunch of strangers and they don't need to know how old I am. They don't need to know what I'm up to. So that whole thing about that whole thing about that self preservation or that self neediness to get that like, or that comment that, and plus, why would I want a bunch of people that make fun of my recipes and hate on me most of the time to know that my daughter took her first steps or won her first volleyball game? I don't want them to know that they hate on me most of the time. So now I'm just opening up a whole other can of worms.
1: It's funny you say about the birthday thing, because imagine someone walking into say Haiti and you're like, Hey, what's up, man? Oh, Hey, it's my birthday. You're like, well, Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday. But like, (laughs) are you that desperate for attention or do not enough people know that your birthday to tell you happy birthday, that you're going to walk around all day long and tell people it's your birthday? Exactly. It's a hundred percent right. In the army, you don't, you don't want anybody to know your birthday. You uh, get
0: get some, you get messed with,
1: right? uh yeah i'd say mess was good it's you get taken down they beat the crap out of you tape you up it's uh you don't ever you don't ever tell anybody your birthday it's like the number one thing but when it's your birthday you're like man i hope nobody finds out you know so you know i remember you know like it's it's literally your whole platoon you know does what they can do to take you down tackle you you're likely to get some uh male appendages drawn on your skin with a magic marker and you know it's it's I remember my friend, uh, Jared it was his birthday and he walked out and he had his hands in his pockets and they were like, get him. And when he pulled his hands out, he had duct taped two tasers to his hands. <laughs> and so he, t- he tased everyone that came at him. You know, he laid into him as much as he could until they wrestled his hands. But of course then he paid the price, right? He got tased back a few times, but it was, uh, uh it was cool, a good huh? strategy. You know, the, the strategy, if it's your birthday is that one or two, he is going to pay. Oh yeah. You know, I'm going to get one or two of you. And if you're going to get your shots and I'm getting real shots in, so, but you can't, you can't fight against 20. <laughs> they got you
0: a hundred percent.
1: Do you, so you just keep your mouth shut. So, you know, you go back to the office if you walked around every day and you just told everyone, Hey, it's my birthday. What's up, Bill? Hey, it's my birthday. You're like, that seems so damn desperate to me.
0: It does. It's like, I don't know. I just, this, this whole idea of social media has given everybody the ability to be, A critic or be famous or be credible and it's like man we've we've lost the ability if you go and have a conversation with somebody it's hard it's hard it's a lot of hardness and 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 you got to really pull it out of them to if they're if they go to a lunch and can be disciplined enough to leave their phone in the car it's almost like you're they're learning how to walk again It truly is like if you make them leave their phone behind, it's like teaching somebody how to talk or walk again. It's like sensory overload for them. Like, what do you want me to do? You want me to have an actual conversation? I can't just sit here and watch a bunch of strangers dance. It's a weird mindset, man. Weird mindset.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because you talked about your daughter. And that's one thing that I've I've tried to put into her is the fact that her generation. I mean, imagine what her generation is going to be like in a job interview. I mean, imagine what their, their generation is going to be like, you know, doing public presentations. They're going to be challenged, right? So, you know, I, I think something that you could, you know, work with your daughter, the way I work with my daughter is the fact of public communication, the ability to communicate and and verbalize your thoughts and, you know, having a strong enough vocabulary to represent your feelings and, and, and be able to describe, you know, who you are, what you are and what you're about. And then also know those things, right? Because- you know, you and I have all gone into job interviews, we've, we've, you know, conducted them ourselves. And I can't imagine someone who the majority of their life is only communicated via text or, you know, things like that, or I, I don't understand how they're going to get out and really be able to sell themselves to the people that are going to hire them. I think that's gonna be a big challenge for them.
0: Um, Without a doubt, without a doubt, if you if you live in that that realm of what I call fakeness, because nobody's living their real life on that shit, um, yeah. you're going to have a very hard time developing the traits or the characteristics it takes to establish strong bonds and friendships, partnerships, follow through. It's like, that is a crutch. I mean, I'm talking like, you said you caught your daughter on it and looked at her screen time, and I'm sure you probably threw up in your mouth when you looked at your own screen time when you were doing the TikTok deal. I look at mine, I'm like, God, oh, I don't want it. I don't want to. I I don't follow anybody. I have like 185 people that are on there as, as we follow of partners and sponsors that, that are, you know, that I got to be tagging once in a while and doing the thing with the with the sponsor game. Jason, I'm telling you, man, I don't even look at what The Rock's doing. And he's got a huge phone. I don't care what Taylor Swift's, I could care less. No, oh, yeah. I I I think it's ruined the anticipation of life. Like I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And if you watch Guns N' Roses social media, why the hell do you even know you need to go to a concert? Like they do everything on there from sound check to the final song in the set list. And I'm like, there's I I I already know what they're doing. There's no surprises. Like I want to be surprised and wowed every time I go to the show. But social media has even ruined the concert going experience for me if you pay attention to these bands because it's you might as well be at the concert if you're watching it from the social media
1: yeah that's an interesting take on the ruining the surprise of everything right it is an interesting take for sure um i think there's value in it right i mean we go back to talking about the birthdays it's nice that i get reminded that it's you know my my, uh, stepbrother's birthday, you know, I don't know that date off the top of my head. So it's good to have those things there, but, uh, yeah, it's draining, man. I mean, and, and mind numbing, you know, like it is, you know, and it's to the point, you know, you know, my daughter was outside the other day, just being a kid. And it was like, Oh, it's nice to see you just being a kid, you know, even, yep. you know, like, even though, you know, she's being a kid, but. You know, you go back to the employment aspect of when You talk about, you know, interviews and stuff. Imagine if all the shit that you did as a kid, you told the world about from the time you were 10 years old until let's say 25, all the, all the shit that you love and you, you laugh about and you think's funny or whatever thought you thought was a funny ass joke 30 years ago to, that to, to does now is not acceptable. How, how difficult that'll be for a lot of people to overcome when the employment world, right? They, sharing, posting, liking you, you're going to get assigned, you're going to get assigned responsibility for you liked what someone said, you know, yeah. you laughed at what someone said about something, Yeah, you know, and it's, and that's, that, that, that's the other scary part of it, right? Is, is that, you know, there are no more secrets, right? You talk about the things you want to hold close and dear to yourself that are special anniversaries, birthdays, accomplishments, but think about, think about the stuff that, you know, you wouldn't, <laughs> you know you're still proud of because you raised hell about it and it was funny because it was a part of your life at the time and the shit you got away with but man if the whole world knew that 30 years later they'd be like you know yeah i don't know man but, you know the world changes so much and you're just you're giving all of yourself and all of your information and all your secrets and everything to the open sphere for people to manipulate or to use against you you know as you go through life which makes zero sense to me and for what so that all of a sudden you have two thousand friends and you're a you're a 13 year old girl in eighth grade who would normally have, you know, three to five friends and three to five Beckys that you hate. Now you've got, you think you've got a bunch of friends in this false life that, you know, you find so important that when people start hammering on you now, it's not just the cruelty of the two or three friends that are being assholes to you. It's the cruelty of an avalanche of 3,500 people pounding into your head about how much you suck that have never met you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, when I was talking back about those YouTube comments and stuff, like everyone's like, dude, you read those. And I'm like, I fucking find them hilarious. If they're inventive, you know, they're funny. If you want to call me a, of, a, a fat, bald white guy, you know, well, fuck dude, you know, throw a ball joke at me. I don't care. But if you come up with something inventive, that's funny that, that, you know, I I'll fall out of my chair laughing. I, I, I love to laugh at myself, but, you know, there's a lot of people that don't handle that type of criticism without some odd amount of self-reflection like it's important like you said what, what some no-life weirdo freaking has no consequence for what they say they're just trying to be a dick you know how much they let that hit them you know and that's that's the that's the really the the nastiness and the unsafe aspect of it right like you don't care what they say about your recipe other than jesus Criminies, he's dude you didn't even try it you know you're just talking out of your ass but, you know, there's plenty of people in this world that don't have the confidence or the, the the inner security to not just sit there and digest that over and over and over again. And, you know, you go back to that resilient mindset, you know, if you don't have that strength, that confidence, that resilience, that core love and, and friendship of friends and family, and you don't have a supporting element around you and you allow that to freaking dominate your thoughts, It's just gonna beat the shit out of you. It's it's not gonna do good for you. You know, there's gotta be a correlation to all of that stuff with a lot of societal woes, right? Individuals not in their mental rightness and you know, uh, you know, suicide and those other things, right? Because some dick on the other end who has no responsibility or no consequence is just tearing you apart you know the the world could do better you know i'm not trying to be a hippie here i'm i'm far from that in my mindset but jesus the world could do better right
0: sure and it does sometimes it doesn't even take the comments to get it there like you y- y- there's so much false and and fakeness on these platforms that if you're a 13 year old girl or boy and you're watching somebody else that is deemed more popular on there that has more than you all this does is breed darkness and depression it does it in adults, too. Everybody's living 100%. their finest life. All you got to do is go watch what people are liking. Like, I've done this. I've done tests. Like, I would take a fake account. Like, it was just a regurgitated Guns and Roses. I keep going back to GNR because I love watching live old-school live GNR footage on YouTube and stuff. Um, you got people that'll go back and just have this account that's a GNR fan page. They'll get 10,000 likes on a GNR video. What is that really saying? about the person that's account that is they're not making any any livelihood on that. And I'm not saying that they don't have the right to do that, but all they're doing is regurgitating some and it's getting thousands of likes. So if you really want to see what it means to get a like, you don't have to do much on there. It doesn't matter in the big scheme yeah. of things. Okay. The, I get that the rock has millions and millions and millions of followers, but people forget that Dwayne Johnson was a hard worker. He had a background oh, in wrestling. Yeah. His dad was a stud wrestler. He has genetics. He probably does a little bit of the PEDs. If I had to, if I had to, if I could look like that at fifty years old, I would too. But Dwayne Johnson has a full time nutritionist. He's got trainers. He's got a full time gym. He's got all of these experts that are around him all the time, and he deserves it all. He's worked his ass off. Go get it. But we can't compare ourselves to that. We cannot look at that. And that's what people do is they automatically naturally start comparing it. I've heard country singers say, I had to get off of there because I was watching all these people that I moved to Nashville with, they were getting, they were doing better than me. They were getting more record deals, selling more tickets, selling more albums, getting more downloads, getting more streams. I'm like, why would you even be on there? You got to stay in your lane. If you're, if you're constantly busy with watching what everybody else is doing, then you're not doing what it's going to take for you to be successful. And that's what... That's what social media does is it slows our mind down because it brings us in and keeps us there and it doesn't allow us to be creative because we just get stuck. And then you can't be creative because you're going to end up copying something that you saw in there. My advice is to stay off it as much as possible. Stay off of it.
1: Well, it's funny when you talk about the copying it right, the things that are hot on the TikTok stuff like you said as an imitation, someone does a dance and then you do a dance and it's just Like you said, no, no, no intellectual input at all in any of those things. And, and, you know, there, there's a couple, you know, you can go, if you don't want to, if you want to play devil's advocate, you could, you could look at the, you know, you're using the rocks thing. You could look at the rock and say, maybe that drives a few people, you know, but that those people that are going to be driven because they're inspired would be driven anyways. Anyway, you know, drive doesn't come from your interaction. You know, you can get motivation from that, but you're not going to get drive, right? Like if you want to be the next rock, you sure as hell ain't going to do it online. You know, no. you're not going to do, if you want to be successful in anything, you know, I'm not going to say you can't be successful online. You know, there's that false dream out there. That's kind of like, you know, wanting to be a movie star back in the day, right? You moved to Los Angeles, you become a movie star. And a lot of people migrated out there with that false dream. And, you know, think of the number of people that are successful in that it's, it's, it's starving actress, starving artists. That's, that's mm-hmm. really, what always comes from it. And then, you know, but you see on social media, they, they, they laud and advocate these people that, you know, make millions of dollars playing video games on there. And then, you know, every kid thinks, oh, if I just play video games on, you know, on, on, online and I get, you know, enough people follow me, I'll be a millionaire. You're like, those are such, such false things to reach for and have no really, I'm not saying they don't have a semblance of became becoming true, but I got a better chance of winning the Powerball, not buying a ticket. Yeah. You know, so I I
0: wish that people understood that the rock, I bet you Dwayne Johnson's awesome to hang out with. He seems like a cool dude. Yeah. It seems cool. But please don't think that he gives a flying rat's ass one way or the other. If you ever work out or go into a gym, but if you do, he wants you to buy his shoes when you work out, he wants you to buy his project rock under armor when you work out. So just think of it as that, like it's a, It's an extension of Rock's marketing initiatives to sell his brand. He wants to become a real-life billionaire. Okay, He's selling his brand. He's got tequilas. He's got Under Armour. He's got movies. He's got headphones. More power to him. Go kill it. But I don't want people to think that he's on there every day going, I'm going to go find 100 Americans or somebody around the world to motivate to, to lose 25 pounds. Now, I'm sure Rock could do a hell of a seminar on on weight loss and, and and do that, but he's not on social media every day teaching you that you can have a cheat meal on Sundays and eat 17 of his wife's chocolate chip cookies after he crushes 35 sushi rolls. You can't do that <laughs> unless you live a life like the rock. It's not a normal life. And yes, he deserves his life. I'm not a hater. Go get no, no, it. No. Dwayne Johnson, you deserve every bit of success you're experiencing. I think he's a great dude, but I'm not going to follow him on social media to be motivated
1: yeah i i i think he's probably an awesome dude but you know that but think about everything that it's taken for him to get there and and that's a good lesson for people to understand is success is only from hard work and failure and resiliency because you're going to fail a lot i know i talked earlier about life's full of disappointments it is you know it it is it is a roller coaster it is an up and down you know and that that real rush falling coming off the top of that roller coaster is, 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 you know, is exhilarating and, 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 and tough to deal with, but you know, it's an instant climb back to the top and then it's just, it's full of setbacks and successes. And, you know, it takes a long time for most people to find their pathway, right. To find their happiness. You know, like, I think it's kind of funny that an 18 year old kid coming out of co- going into college has to make a decision on what they want to be. You know, I mean, it, how, how long did it take you to find out what you wanted to do with your life? You know, and I, I don't know if you're still a hundred percent there, you know, if, if you still got some drive and you got some ideas and you got some other places you want to go, it's, it's a, it's a continuous and constant evolvement and, you know, comes with the exposure and, you know, going back to that social media stuff, you're not getting the exposure that you need. You're not getting those, you know, the successes and failures that build you that strong, resilient mind, as you were talking about, that is going to provide that foundation to handle both success and overcome failures. Like you said earlier about your life, you know, like tons of failures, right? Lots of setbacks, Lots. you know, it, you know, that I, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I, one of my favorite examples of that was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd heard a quote and I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard this well before Trump was president, he was walking with his daughter and and she was very, very young at the time. And they were going into Trump tower after he had declared bankruptcy. And he he had said that his daughter would kind of look down upon a man that was panhandling on the street. And as a lesson, he, he, he said, Hey, how much do you have in your, in your cup there? You know, and the guy said some, you know, three, four bucks. And he looked at his daughter and said, you know, you can look down on him, but right now that man has more money than your father has. I just declared bankruptcy. And so you know, whether that's true or not, that perspective is, is, is really unique in the aspect of just, you know, it's, it's don't judge a book by the cover type of stuff, but it's also like, you know, I'm all the way where this guy is right now. And I got to build myself back up in order to get back on top of the world. It is a resilient type of strength to demonstrate to your daughter that yeah I'm, I have less than he does today, but we'll be back on top tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, school's supposed to give you that, right? Like I think the one problem with with school today, at least if I was going to criticize my daughter's school, is they're so concerned, I think, about don't don't hear this as negatives. They're so overly concerned about the students' test scores because it reflects on the school's ability and probably relates to some aspects of their their support, um, that they don't let them fail. You know, like. My daughter will come home and I'm like, Hey, you got homework. And she's, yeah, I got three assignments. I have to make up. They were due on Tuesday, but I didn't get them done. And the teacher's giving me till Friday. And I'm like, okay, are they going to take some points from you?" And they're like, Oh no, it's just full credit. We just, whenever we turn it in, it, it's good to go. And I'm like,
0: participation award. Yeah. It's just tough. Right. It's tough. Cause it's it's like,
1: you know, like I think about me as a kid, I didn't, I'd, have, I'd have never turned in an assignment on time <laughs> Never. Then <laughs> there's no penalty for it. Right. No. You know, why and would if you, you? think? And if you think about it, the teachers, you know, you think about the school, the school probably gets rated on their test scores and their overall student scores and all that type of stuff. So, you know, if you can say that you maintained a 90% grade point average across the entirety of your school, dis- or your entire school, you probably, you know, you end up getting awards for best public school or whatever. I mean, I don't know how that works. And I am completely talking about something I don't know, but there's got to be a motivation for it other than, we're just trying to be kind, you know, I mean, um, but, you know, I, you know, I've had a, I've had her come home and, and be like, that's unfair. That teacher closed that assignment. I didn't get him get a chance to get it done on time. And I'm like, well, on time, you did have a chance and you had a, you had a chance to do it as a makeup work, you know, and you, you don't get a you don't get a complaint now. Right. So I don't want to hear that whining. Right. Um,
0: I mean, that that's the accountability issue that we're with when I see has we hire employees that man it's 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 a it's a lot of work to hire employees to that age group of 20 to 28 right now maybe that have gone through it like i'm i battle with it every day of what yeah. the way they were taught the way they were educated the way they were brought up it's just a completely different mindset it's it's a completely different mindset then on on top of that you add in the pandemic and how like everybody is just like well i've been wearing sweats at home for so long i'm just going to wear them to work now and i'm like Wait a minute. That's not a good representation of who we are or our brand or our thought process. That's not who we are. Why are you doing that? Why am I telling you this twice in the same week? Like, why are you making me repeat myself? When I was playing baseball or going to school, we didn't get things repeated to us. You got disciplined. You got disciplined. You didn't get these second chances of like, oh, if you didn't turn it in on Thursday, just go ahead and turn it in Monday by three o'clock and there'll be no penalty for that. That's not how life is. You can't tell the power company that, hey, I forgot to pay my bill for six months, but please keep my power on for another six months. It doesn't work that way in real life. You know what I mean? It's like, what are we really teaching them in the long run? And I struggle with it because I mean, I'm your age. I'm in my, I'm in my mid forties. And I look at these guys that are in their twenties. Yeah. Am I old enough to be their dad in a kind of way? If I was having kids when I was 20, maybe, but I'm trying to find ways to mentor them of like, dude, that's not how you do things. That's not going to get you very far or propel you into a life of 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 accomplishment and short term and midterm and long term goals. And um, do do you write things down? Do you know what you're trying to knock off your list today? Have do you have a sense of accomplishment every day? Are you are you are you goal oriented in your mindset? Like they're not like that anymore. It's just not the case. It's few and far between to find them in the younger generation. And I mean that like, if somebody could prove me wrong, I'm all, I'm all ears, but that's what I've witnessed lately. Oh, and I think that's, you know, I think that's an, you know, pretty
1: easy observation. I don't think you'll get a lot of argument on that. Right. Of course there's, you know, there's always 10% of every, every group that's exceptional and 10% that's, you know, horrible. And everything, you know, the reality of the the rest of the world lives in between. But I, I think that, when you start talking about that generation i mean it's it's easily seen when you take a look at like a society as a whole can you can you can glean that from military standards right so you know the military you would think would be a in a position where you know regardless of where society's at, the standard is the standard, whether that's a physical standard or whether that's a mental capability through their, you know, their, their, uh, admission testing or whatever. And, you know, the standards of physical, the, the physical standards, when I came in, in the mid nineties would be considered overly excessive now, you know, and, you know, in the mid nineties, you know, to be what the army considered and, you know, the best physical condition, it was a two mile run. In eleven minutes and fifty seconds, seventy-two push-ups and eighty-two sit-ups, both of those in two minutes. And by now, it's you know, when I left the army, it was thirteen minutes in two miles, and it was you know, fewer push-ups, you know, fewer sit-ups, and. So, you know, and you know, they've already redone the standards now to where I don't really know what they are, but they're tremendously less right they're not doing a two mile run anymore they're doing a mile and a half run and so it's like, you just see this evolution of physical requirements to be in the military and excel at the military, if you see that eroding down to a certain level that's got to be indicative of where society is, you know, in, in, in that regard. And, of course, that's just a physical aspect, and it doesn't take into account some of the things we're talking about, drive, discipline, and those things, but I think they go hand in hand, right? If you, if you can't accomplish something physically because you don't have the strength or the endurance, I don't think you probably have the mental endurance to be able to go through those tough things and, and have that drive and discipline as well. So, I mean, I think that's an easy thing to look from a societal perspective of the relaxation of military standards and the inability for them to get people to join the military that they're running right now has has got to be a strong indication of really the degradation of of mental and physical abilities within the younger generations you know and and you've seen that state of decline you know while
0: I was in for for twenty some years yeah so, and, it's, and then and then you compound that with everything else we talked about with the 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 media the social media the 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 participation or there's I'm not saying that everybody has to win every game but you have to start teaching people how to fail and that's when you always are letting everybody feel like they're the winner nobody's going to understand what it means to fail and and try to get back in that what you use the word resiliency like I don't want my daughter to be given anything I want her to earn it and i want 100%. her i want her to feel defeat and failure she has to but it's getting her prepared for that because i don't want to hurt inside i was having this conversation on a podcast yesterday with my trainer about we need to educate parents how to you know you got the different levels of athletic parents out there you know that are raising athletes or competitive sports participants i see some of them i'm just like dude you never played a ball you never did anything in sports. You're living through this vicariously. You don't treat an umpire like that. You don't talk to a coach like that. Why are you making this about you? Why are you talking so loud in the bleachers? This is a direct reflection of your son or daughter. Like, I don't, like, there's got to be some mindset that we can, that we have to be prepared that not all of our kids are going to make it. They're not all going to be all-stars all the time. We got to get more out of these competitive sports than what we are doing. And that's what I'm trying to prepare myself for is like, I know what it's like to fail. I'm going to hurt like hell when my daughter fails, but I've got to prepare myself for that. You know, that's, that's one of the things about being a parent is it's a, it is a hard job because you, it's, you, you, nobody parents the same two kids, the same, it's impossible. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting myself mentally prepared as she gets into that age of competitiveness or sports or being cut by a team or not making the drama club or the band or whatever it is. I don't want her to be cut but I'm just realistic that she might not always be the best at everything she tries to do. And I think that that's a huge lesson in life is how to be resilient and get back up when you get knocked down. Cause everybody gets knocked down no matter how happy of life or how fake of a life they're portraying on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever it is. It's not reality. And these kids need to be prepared that life's not all about just turning the camera or a phone on you and dancing. You're going to have to perform. You're going to have to be held accountable in a lot of aspects. And I think that a lot of the society is teaching that unaccountability is okay. And I don't like that one bit.
1: Yeah. And I but I think I think there's hope, right? I I think parents <laughs> like you, parents like me, Jesus. I mean, if I would have said 30 years ago that parents like me were doing a good job and were an example, I would have <laughs> I would have never believed it, right? But yeah. I, I think, you know, when you really I think the problem that we see is that we focus on the negative 20%. And the negative 20% have such a loud voice in this culture and in, in our society of, of what you're talking about. But you know, I, I still have hope that there's, you know, 60, 70 percent, maybe more of parents are are trying to get their kids to to understand that that they're not just Building them up, you know, to to fail, you know, it is, you know, at least building up to understand that they're going to have issues and problems, and you know, making them and 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 driving them to be good, you know, members of society, to be driven, to be resilient, to understand, you know, the difficulties they're going to face, and you know, and 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 I, I'm 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 hopeful that I'm hopeful for my daughter that I'm I'm doing my best to get that. I'm, I'm hopeful for your daughter, and and I think there's lots of people listening and people around us that are in the same boat. Right. You know, and I, I I think that eventually the other good thing about it is, is I hope they have the resiliency. Everyone that's involved has a resiliency to get through that difficult time where they get smacked in the mouth by life. And I hope they have enough friends and they got family around them to, to put themselves in the right position because we all had to learn, um, you know, I, I got kicked in the ass all the time as a kid. I got kicked in the ass as an adult. I got kicked in the ass in the military. I'm still getting kicked in the ass now, right? And so I expect to get kicked in the ass when I screw up. You know, I expect to have someone call me out and hold me accountable. I expect myself to take responsibility, to have the integrity, um, to admit my my faults. and 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 I think that I think that life honestly takes care of that self. I think the scary aspect of it is, is how hard is it for some people and how much, how much longer does it take them to get there? And, you know, I I think you've seen people, relatives or relatives or relatives that seem like at 50 damn years old, they haven't ever got there, you know, and that, that element's probably always been there in society and, and hopefully. The hard knocks aspect of reality will 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 get most people back on track, and unfortunately, you know it's going to be harder for some than others. And I'm hoping I'm raising my daughter that it's
0: as easy as it can be, you know, because it, it is tough. I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, some nice lessons taught today, Jason St. John, dude.
1: I I tell you, when we talk, I mean, I come off these shit and things reflecting. This is like a this is like counseling for me. I I me come, too. I come up. I come off these conversations and, you know, I think for weeks on end, you know, we were, we were talking, I think last time we were talking about how a lot of folks that you talk to that have prior military, how they're seem to be pretty calm. And, you know, they seem to, you know, try to, to be level-headed about it. And I, you know, I thought about that for, for weeks, you know, and uh, it was kind of funny. Cause I was like, you know, I, th- I think it's in some ways, I think it's kind of a, A little bit of an atonement, you know, in aspects of, you know, maybe being right as much as you possibly can because of, you know, requirements of the job. And, but then, you know, I started thinking about it the other day and I was, you know, well, I was actually out and it's funny when you say people don't know you're talking to. I, I walked into, uh, I was doing a event with uh, Revision uh, Eyewear, great company. I really enjoyed it. And we were out in Sun Valley, Idaho and, you know, we, we went to the, dinner and then we went to have some drinks at the bar afterwards and and i walked in and this guy comes up and he's like oh i got this big motherfucker right here (laughs) and i was like okay what you know and i'm (laughs) like anyways i ignored it and then like the people that were from that town were like hey this town's you know known for bar fights and i was like well people don't pick bar fights with me i'm 260 pounds six foot tall and you know i i, I can hold at least i look like i can hold my own I, I used to be able to i'm sure i still could um but it was funny because I, when that is when that event happened i was like the guy all night just kept on like you know we went over to play foosball right with a friend and, and i'd never played foosball in years and so anyways we're having fun and he wanted to play and he was just talking crap the whole time just you know like annoyingly trying to start a fight Right. And of course, you know, just being friendly and having a good time with him, you know, and a couple of my friends were like, I can't believe, you know, you let that happen. And I I told him, I said, well, I've got a toxic relationship with violence. You know, I, when I'm being violent, I really like it, but violence isn't good for me and it's not good for the other person. So I do everything <laughs> I can do. Not to be in those situations, right? So I talk people down, and I try not to be the a-hole that puts myself in those situations. Because, you know, I'm not saying that this when the when the switch is flipped, it's it, we're we're 100 all in on being violent. There's no half in school ground playground fight. I mean, I, we're going to get real violent real fast. And then I I'm not saying I want to be there, but that's just how I'm wired. And I think that probably a lot of military folks and a lot of quote unquote, well, not quote unquote, just, you know, men um, who grew up kind of rough and tough feel the same way. It's like, you know, I'd like to avoid confrontation as much as I possibly can. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. We're not easing into this. And so yeah. when you talk about in the last conversation about the calmness of military folks, I think it's a lot of those guys are like, Hey, like me, they, they're like, I just want to avoid confrontation because I think they like it a little bit, you know? Yeah.
0: They don't, they don't want to see where it can go because they know where it will go. But well, it's, it's not going to be good. That's not going to be good for the foosball talker shitter, you know, that says I got this guy. Cause he's trying to make it about him again. Like he, he knows damn well what he's he getting is. into and he's just being dumb. Just being dumb.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you remember back in high school, you knew kids that like to fight, Yeah, you know, know, and now if you have that same mindset and you've got full grown man strength and you've been in the military for 25 years, you, you, you don't want to be that guy. Right. Because it's just, it's, it's just different, you know? So, um, but it was just funny to me because we were having that conversation in that moment, like a month later, I'm like, this is, this is why you stay calm, you know? because of this jackass
0: and in road rage and all everything else that can lead to stupidity. It's just a waste of time. It's like, let's come back and talk about this next time with Jason St. John. I want to talk about what you just alluded to is a likeness for it. When it does go there, like some people like it, even though they don't permit it and they don't cause it, you got to just not mess with people because you never know what you're getting into. Jason St. John might come across as the nicest guy in the world, but if you, go there with him, it's not going to be good. And that's, I want to talk about that, of that control, that self-control and, and why it's so easy for people to talk smack. It's, It's a, it's a weird phenomenon of smack talking. And a lot of it has to do with the day and age we live in with this keyboard muscle, because I've had a lot of shit talked about me online, but not one time in all the public events or public speaking I've done. Have I had one person come up to me and knock me out and say you're a piece of shit for the way you hunt ducks or the way you cook ducks or this or that or the brands you have or the that, the camo you wear. Not one time. And I have my schedule out there. I'm not saying I'm a badass. I'm just saying I'm not going to go onto your, your, your feed and comment about how worthless you are. I promise you I'm not that guy. I have too much self-worth. So let's come back next time and talk about that with the great jason st john on another episode of sig sours peace of mind right here at the foul life podcast any closing words jason
1: no like i said I, I i can't thank you enough it's been self-enlightening to have these conversations i just talked about earlier and so man i look forward to the next time and hell the, you know the funny thing is there's no plan where these things are going to go you turn I know, your I had mic no on I, I turn my mic on and it seems like we have some pretty eventful conversations, and and I, and I do appreciate the fact that not only are you willing to have me on, but that someone out there is willing to
0: listen to what 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 comes out of my mouth. So. Oh, there's a lot of people listening. I like that. I like that. We're gonna be back. Six hours. Peace of mind podcast series. Jason St. John, Army sniper, one of the America's badasses. Appreciate him being on here. Appreciate all the downloads. Appreciate all the subscriptions. Thank you all so much for the support of all of our podcasts here at This Life Ain't for Everybody family and podcasts. Brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing right now on the Outdoor Channel. Please check them out. We are in Nebraska with Black Goose Outfitters with Ryan and Larry this week, chasing Canada geese in north central Nebraska. Next week, we're in Idaho at Hagerman Wings Farm with the one and only John Shaw. His son, Houston Shaw, my boy Richie Howard, chasing Mallard Ducks. I love Hagerman Wings Farms. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Six Hours Peace of Mind podcast right here at the Foul Life. We'll be back at you in the meantime. This is 2 a.m. Logic. The song is called My Foul Life.